0: Soccer Central. Hello, listener, and thank you for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State. How's it going? My name's Robert Kerr, your host of the program, as always. Uh, We're on the uh, recording on the 10th of October, the high school boys' season is wrapping up the end of the regular season and districts, the first round of postseason play coming up here soon. So uh, this week's episode has two high school-based guests, but it's been a big weekend. Fallout continues from the Yates report. Um, a little bit of conversation now about that on the show last week with uh, Grand Valley State University's head coach, uh, Katie Hulteen. Um, That was a great episode. Uh, Listen to that. Go back in the feed if you haven't listened to that. Uh, When we talked to uh, Coach Holtine, her team was on the way. They had won six in a row and were heading up north to face Northern and Michigan Tech. They got their seventh win on the trot, but were then held to a draw on the second game of their two-game trip to the north. So they're still unbeaten in eight but their winning streak was ended at seven uh looking ahead uh there's a a, a interesting week ahead detroit city fc uh they fell uh away on the road but due to other results their last game on saturday night is at home and they could still yet clinch a home playoff berth if they get a victory in hamtramck on saturday afternoon and get some results Elsewhere, I want to give a shout out and and a a heads up to anyone not paying attention to the U17 girls world. Uh, Michigan's own uh, Amalia Valerial is on the women's uh, World Cup roster, which begins on the 11th. They play the hosts, India. So Michigan's own Amalia Valerial and her U17 American teammates will face India on the 11th. Brazil on the 14th, and then the 17th, they will face Morocco. So uh, some big things there from Michigander. Uh, All the best of luck to the Americans over there in India for the U-17 Women's World Cup. Um, For more updates on Michigan soccer, a whole lot of high school updates, as well as collegiate play. Um, all the levels of uh, soccer in the state are in action still, so a lot to keep up with. Um, so visit at mi Soccer Central across all social media platforms to get all of your uh, news and updates. And on this week's episode, we got two great feature interviews. and we're gonna start off with probably the turnaround story of Michigan High School soccer. We got Nick Suarez from Ypsilanti Community Schools. When he took over the team ahead of the 2021 fall season, uh, the program uh, didn't have very many participating players. And uh, in the previous season in 2020, they went uh, absolutely winless. And this year they uh, had an 8-8-4 record and uh, look to be picking up some steam heading into districts later in the week. So a great conversation on a very different uh, program at Ypsilanti Community. So tune in for that. And then followed by a return visit from Brother Rice head coach, uh, Dan Price. So keep it locked in for two great interviews here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. All right, listener back here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Very excited for our next segment. We're gonna be featuring one of the biggest turnaround stories in Michigan high school soccer this year. Very excited to be joined by a coach who's turned the program from 0 and 18 to 8, 8, and 4. Thankful to be joined by Ypsilanti Community Boys Varsity Head Coach, Mr. Nick Suarez. Thank you for joining us today, coach.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Robert. I really do appreciate it. You guys taking time to give us some spotlight.
0: Yes, uh, no doubt. Like I said, uh, one of the turnaround stories of the year. Uh, you joined as uh, as, uh, uh soccer coach right uh, ahead of the 2021 season. The program uh, was winless. And from what I understand, there was a lot of uh, mercies and forfeits and whatnot. Um, so when you stepped into the program uh, ahead of the 21 fall season, uh, what did you walk into? Uh, how, wh- how was the job uh was uh, presented to you and in kind of our journey to where we are now at the end of uh, 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 a really solid season.
1: Yeah. So uh, going into the situation, you know, that summer, you know, summer 2021, I, uh, I applied for probably a dozen jobs, you know, interviewed half a dozen. Um, and I was struggling to find a job. And luckily I saw the position opened up and um, I got hired at the 11th hour Um, by our former AD, Lawrence Reeves. And I was just thankful for the position. Um, So I had my previous stint was at Ypsilanti Arbor Prep. I spent two seasons there from 2015 to 2017. So I was familiar with the community. And for me, more or less, uh, I had saw what some previous head coaches were able to do there. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but back in like 2017 and 2018, uh, Ypsilanti actually made a huge run in SEC White. Um, And it was the talk of the town. You know, I was, uh, I heard about some Romanian players and I heard that they had done really well. At the time, Dexter was in the SEC White and they uh, beat them. They beat Chelsea. And it was one of those things that I wanted to, you know, emulate that success. So going into the situation, at at tryouts, we only actually had like seven or eight players there at the time. And Coach Geo the former head coach. He, you know, I, I was lucky to inherit some really, really talented players, um, who are now seniors, uh senior Mustafa Mahmood. Uh we had who are one player where graduated Gabe Downs. Dion Spiller Juniors, they're, they're really quality players. So, you know, a lot of them play like Dion. He plays at he's uh, a he's an, he's an uh, gold Wolves player, almost on the cusp of making that MLS next team. Um, most of them plays for DCSE West, uh, he's on the Rouge team. So quality players all, all around. So the biggest thing was, how do we get more players through our program? So um, my big thing was, my first language is Spanish. And I know there's a big Hispanic community, uh, primarily Central Americans. So we had a lot of Hondurans, uh, a lot of players from El Salvador. Um, I knew they were there. Traditionally, they're not trying out due to a lot of parents are skeptical. So I want to be like a liaison for the Hispanic community to be able to, to ensure them, hey, because uh, a lot of them do deal with, you know, real life problems as far as, you know, deportation, um, their citizen status. So, you know, sometimes extracurriculars make it complicated for them and, you know, get to and from practice and games. So. That was was really crucial for me was how do we get uh, this Latino community involved and how we get how do we get them playing actively. Um, so yeah, I spent a lot of time in schools. Uh, another big thing for Ypsilanti is that we have some uh, middle colleges that they represent us in athletics. So I spent a lot of time at Why High, uh, WTMC, and ECA, and um, yeah, it was really really instrumental in getting. More players in the program. Year one, uh, we did really well, really just focused on the varsity team at the time. We didn't have the numbers to field the JV team. And um, yeah, we finished second in SEC White, which was our best place finish in school history. Uh, A lot of, and I think kind of went under the radar. You know, it's tough too because in Ypsilanti, we don't get a lot of, you know, media coverage. Um, So I'm really thankful for, you know, you and Dan and giving us the opportunity. but, yeah, so it was one of those things that, you know, M Live's not knocking out our door. Ain't not news. Uh, it was courier. They're not asking for stories. And so we're not really – we weren't really getting the the attention that we maybe deserved or whatever. But, um, yeah, we finished that second in SEC White. Uh, first time in school history beating Chelsea. Um, at the time, it was still Coach Mario, who's now, I think, at U of M Women's as an assistant. So that was really, really cool. Um, and then – in the last game of the season, we uh, we lost to Pinckney, who has now won back-to-bike SEC White League titles. Um, Coach Grace has done a phenomenal job with that team. and So, yeah, we uh, came close, came close, and we were a dark horse this season to, to try to win it again. But, um, unfortunately, you know, at Ypsilanti it's a little different when it comes to, uh, you know, Young student athletes a lot of times have a a challenge of, you know, the work-life, social life balance, and, you know, athletics sometimes gets put on the back burner. And these young men, uh, when they they set to start working earlier, you know, um, you know, it's a different demographic, you know, they don't have the luxuries of playing sometimes club soccer and, and having the financial backing of, you know, a stable, you know, a lot of single family homes. So, it makes it challenging at times. So these young men, they have to go out and work. And when they start making some money, they realize that, hey, I don't really care about soccer too much. So, unfortunately, we lost, like, we should have a bigger senior class. So the beginning of the season, we probably had about 12 seniors. Now we're just down to about five who really who really saw it the whole season. And uh, two, of the, two of the biggest ones were the Romanians, uh, Alex Garrison and Jeremy Popa. Unfortunately, you know, we uh, – we didn't have them for the season. They were a big factor. Um, Patrick Victoria, also another senior uh, starting center back that we lost. So it was really a young core. Um, this Over the summer, I spent a lot of time recruiting freshmen our class of 20, 20, uh, 26. We have a lot of freshmen. One in particular is uh, who's just a star. He's he, I really, really were fortunate with him. So I had uh, a few – Coaches from Tigers reach out and were like, hey, I don't know if you know Lerone Groysman, but he's a stud, like the, the kid that can ball. And uh, that was one of our biggest uh, acquisitions was him. Lerone was a starter. I think the only freshman in the, all of the SEC, red or white, to have as much playing time as he did as a starter, I mean, over the course of 18 games, probably paid about 1,500 minutes. So, you know, uh, one that we really leaned on. Uh, and came up big when we needed him. Um, we have our SEC coaches meeting tomorrow, so, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully we can get maybe an honorable mention or something. But Lerone's just an absolute star, and, uh, you know, him playing at a high level so young. I was worried about getting him, you know, acclimated and, you know, how much pressure that brings, but he just thrives in those situations. So, yeah, Lerone's a big uh, addition to the team. We have a really young court, so moving forward, like we said, we're only tonight's our senior night. We uh, only have five seniors in our program graduating, so looking to make another run uh, next year for sure. You said uh, at the beginning of last
0: year, you only had seven come out to tryouts, and you had a couple of key pieces. Um, and then you said you you spent a lot of time with the community colleges. Was that what you said to to try to get players
1: out? Yeah, so the middle colleges. We uh, we're really fortunate. So ECA is at Eastern Michigan. Um, that's a five-year program. We have WTMC, which is at Washington Community College, um, and then we also have Y High, um, which is Y is more of a traditional high school, um, but it it uh, it's very diverse and um, right down the road from us. So it's really the majority of uh, it's uh, that we pull from our student athlete is from Y High. Um, which is, which is really a luxury, you know, at High, they, student athletes have the option to represent school choice wherever they want. You know, a lot of them go to Skyline or Saline, um, Pio, Huron, you know, whatever. Um, but I've been able to see, cause COVID really hit Ypsilin hard. You know, we used to be traditionally speaking or historically speaking, we were a D1 school. Um, enrollment we went down during COVID tremendously. We we're about about six hundred students, um, and I've been able to see an influx. Now we're on the cusp of D one, D two, we're about a thousand students. That's including the YI students. So, yeah, we, we uh, I would say about half our half of our program is from YI.
0: So Ypsilanti com- com- uh, community, so it's like kind of a collection of all those different schools.
1: Yeah, so um, in Ypsilanti, the, where we get the community part. I get asked this a lot. So we were we were Ypsilanti High School. And then I think it was 2014, maybe maybe a little bit earlier, 2012, 2014, right around there, um, we consolidated with Willow Run. So Willow Run was on high school by the, by the airport. And that school closed, Willow Run closed, and we became Ypsilanti Community. Because uh, we used to be called the Braves. So we were the Ypsilanti Braves. And for some time there – uh, we were the Phoenix, I think, for like a year or two. And then we changed our school colors and time because we used to be purple and yellow. And now we're, uh, the like you say, the black and gold, Vegas gold. And we're the Grizzlies now. But uh, a lot of alumni, it's, you know, they still go by the Braves. And, you know, but they're proud to be Grizzlies. And it's cool because uh, my wife and I, we were at uh, Ichiban uh, Steakhouse, Japanese Steakhouse. And uh, I've never, I've it honestly, it's still kind of like starstruck or whatever it was more or less I had I was sitting in there having the experience you know and uh this older alumni he said uh aren't you the 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 soccer coach guy and I said yeah I am you know it was kind of cool just had being you know being in town and right people recognizing me and stuff so it it was one of those experiences pretty cool
0: and so what do you think was key to being able to uh, get more players out? How many came to – you said seven or eight in that the first year. How many came out this last year?
1: So the fir- year one, our program is about 24 guys or so. Um, last year we graduated five seniors. Um, and then this this year, between varsity, JV, and middle school, we're about 80, 80 players. Um, and the biggest thing for me, like I said, was – was being able to get, we have a lot. We have a, we have a. Ipsalani has a one of the biggest English to secondary learning programs. So we have a lot of refugees. Um, we have refugees from anywhere in Middle Eastern countries. We have players from Yemen, uh, Syria. Uh, we have players from Tanzania, Gambia, Ethiopia, uh, Congo. You name it. And then we have players that come out from Central American countries like Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua. Um, so, yeah, we don't really have too too many South Americans, but more or less, like I said, it's those Central American, Middle Eastern and African countries. Um, and with that being said, like I said, I build relationships within the school and the teachers. And um, that was their biggest thing was how do we get these kids excited?
0: So your team is essentially like lots of first generation. So what do you think it was that you were able to do to uh, garner the trust to, to, to have these kids spend uh, all this time that they could be doing? Like you said, they have maybe some real real world issues or work they have to do. What, what do you think that you did to, to, to gather that trust to, to make their their time seem valuable in the soccer program?
1: So for me, uh, like I said for the program more or less, um, it gave those student athletes, you know, something to look forward to. You know, um, I think the you know the classroom sizes are pretty big in the English secondary learning programs. Um, so what happens a lot of times is these teachers, they you know, they reached out and they said, "How do I keep? How do we keep these student athletes occupied?" And they, you know, soccer, they, they all of them. There's so many, There's so many players. There's, over 16 players right away that were interested in playing soccer um, from the middle school level all the way up to the high school level. So now more or less, it gives them, because a lot of them were struggling academically, um, struggling with attendance, you know, struggling with actually, you know, being disciplined enough to sit for seven hours a day in a classroom setting. So, you know, once when they were integrated in a soccer program, you know, you saw that discipline level go up. You saw them um, get excited about school, you know, because a lot of times they were missing school, so it gave them reason to come to school and and uh, try to do well. So for us, it goes hand in hand, you know um, but yeah, we were really fortunate for the, you know, like I said two dozen players that we have from ychS that that actually that come from. All over the parts of the world. So, and a lot of these guys—they've been here for six months. Like, I—you know—I kid you not. You know, it's crazy that, uh, like, uh, we have a freshman. His name is Joser Hernandez, and he's been here since the summertime, and uh, he's from Honduras.
0: That's great. So you, so you, you, you gave them the reason. Maybe some some kids that didn't see the value or didn't have necessarily the time to do that but if you saw kind of a uh you know reap what you sow sort of a situation if you put the time in and you're great and uh work hard you you'll be able to be in this program that you know after school
1: absolutely mm-hmm. yeah it was uh and it's every and every day there's more another student i get so many uh, emails from my athletic department like hey we have a, a new student that's interested in playing soccer, and that number continues to grow. You know, um, we're to the point where we probably need to field the JVB team, you know, next season, uh, just because we have so many numbers and it's continuing to grow. And, um, you know, we're really, we're really, really fortunate in that regard, because you hear, you know, a lot of historically, I always get this all the time. So, we get, uh, I'll get parents, coaches, referees that be like, that would just tell me like, oh, Ipsland used to be a doormat. Or, you know, you guys weren't very good. And, you know, you really turned things around. And, that, and that's a huge compliment, um, you know, because uh, the SEC is so competitive, whether in the red or white, to where, you know, like, how do we bridge this gap between us and the Ann Arbor schools? Because that's, you know, you look at it and it's, you know, Huron, I was talking to Coach Gomez, and uh, he had over 80 players try out, You know, Chris Morgan at Skyline, you know, they got over 100 kids come out. Um, so, you look at this and you're, you know, the players are there, you know. It's just more or less having, you know, having a coach that gets in there, and gets uh, excited for them, you know. And that language barrier was huge. We have, uh, you know, I'm actively looking for, I think, an assistant coach that could speak Arabic because there's so many players that, you know, they speak Arabic. And I luckily, unfortunately, speak Spanish. So, I was, uh, it makes it easier, you know, but it's like, even at halftime or pre-game talks, you know I gotta say everything in Spanish first, and then I gotta say everything in English. You know, it's one of those things because we have, like I said, these players they, they come here they don't speak a lick of English. So you know, that's one of the biggest hurdles. You know, our back line is a uh, is all made up of Hispanic players. So our captain Luis Figueroa, he uh, he really does a good job of translating, communicating, letting them know. Um, so that's one of the things too. Is like you know we have that's one of our you know heard a lot of programs don't have to deal with stuff like that you know, we we have a like I said very culturally diverse team, but um, to to your point yeah like we uh, we're definitely looking to to bridge that gap between us and the other SEC even the red schools because a lot of time you know they uh, they treat the SEC white like we're the uh, you know uh, EFL like we're the English Championship League like. Because you know that's that's the really the league that everyone looks at is SEC red, you know, with it being so competitive with, you know, all those top tier teams, but um, you know, next season I'm do, I'm gonna do a couple more crossover games, and just to test, just to test the team where we're at and see, um, but I think that gap is closing. A lot of team, a lot of, you know, coaches programs think, you know, I think we're 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 almost there, um, but yeah, we're looking to to really, really compete. In, in districts this year. We uh our district draw traditionally we were in uh district I think twenty-three so with the likes of like Mason, Pinckney, Chelsea. But now we're in district twenty one. So on Wednesday we'll we'll play we'll start off, you know, in the first round against Carlton Airport. And then we'll, uh the winner of that game will play Riverview. So, you know, a a a a ranked team for D two. Um a team I'm very familiar with, you know, my, in my high school playing days. I graduated from SMCC, so I'm uh, really familiar with the down uh, with the Huron League and the Downriver League. League. Um, I'm from Monroe, so the, you know, like I said, we I'm very, very, very familiar with Riverview and what they've been able to accomplish this season. You know, um, but we have, we definitely work it out for us. But I think it's I think it's manageable. I think that a lot of times, you know, the golden situations, you know, we we don't they don't. We're underestimated, I think. So but I, I know what our team's capable of. Like we play a very attractive style of football and uh we're a very composed side. So for us, you know, you know, I hope that they don't take us too lightly. I think, you know, hopefully they do a little more research and know that we can we can play.
0: That's very exciting to hear that uh, you went from kind of not having enough players to you know barely kind of feeling a team, no JV squad, to now you you mentioned that uh, you might need a JV B, and uh, your first team you're you're thinking about testing yourself in in, in the red uh, with some ah uh, some crossover games and the fact that you're 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 thinking that progression. And that's great to hear that you're also getting recognized. You said that uh, you're getting some some emails from from parents and administrators uh, about the turnaround.
1: Yeah, refs. You know who are, you know, all the time, every single day. Like I said, they, uh, they they people always say, "I love what you've done with the program." You know, they they look good. They look competitive, and um, you know, we uh, we won some. It's it's like I said. The, there's only six teams in SCC white with us. Adrian, Tecumseh, Jackson, Chelsea, and Pinkney, and um, it, they're they every team is comes out to play like last week, uh we we suffered a tough loss to Tecumseh, and you know that's my first time losing to Tecumseh since I've been at the program, but you know I, like that's how it is you know they're just teams Jackson they gave us room for money Adrian did, you know Pinkney really ran away with the league this year, you know they went ten and zero and you know handle the business, but that that senior class, you know, that was their there was this has been their their last two years been their, just their time, but um, you know, it's just one of those things you just never know. Like we we kept we uh, kept Chelsea at bay this year. We at our place we tied them zero zero. I thought we were you know the better team. Um, Coach Tom's you know he's got a really good side, and um, you know it's unfortunate we couldn't get the ball in back in net, but you know it's just how the Nature of the league, it's just you know, I think one of the toughest outside of the KLAA, and um, it's, it's just you know, that downriver league, some really good leagues, but SEC white, you know, I think a lot of times gets uh goes on the radar, you know, like I said, I think the red kind of outshines us at times, but uh, every team in our in our league is very competitive.
0: Uh, going back to your note about uh, some of the uh, on top of the, some of the difficulties you said uh, about uh, the construction of your team, or just added layers where uh, you said your back line all speak Spanish, but then there's uh, English speakers and then uh, Arabic uh, speakers. But uh, that al- almost uh, speaks to the beauty uh, of the game of uh, soccer or football, that uh, while uh, probably there's some, some difficulties communicating, there is the, the baseline of the game that is universal.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we even have players that speak Swahili, French. Um, I mean, you really name it, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the beauty of it. You know, people understand nonverbal cues and, you know, it, it's, it's, tra- it's like you said, the universal and the guys, you know, play to each other's strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of time in the off season. So like they've really become like uh, uh, well-oiled trained and they just, Keep, keep on pushing. And um, I'm, I'm really happy with the progress we will make. I think um, it was heart wrenching in the sense that we probably wanted to win more RCC games this year, some more conference games. Um, we, uh, we had a target and a goal set in mind. You know, like I said, that we think we really, really wanted to uh, try to win the league this year. But, you know, it just wasn't our time. But uh, you know, at the end of the season, I think we've only won three or four conference games. But um, where you know it should have been probably a little more higher in the table, more couple more points. But um, it's just how it falls sometimes, you know. You, you know, like I think a lot of times, I like to compare it to you know Jurgen Klopp side, you know, and where Liverpool stands on the table currently, and you know, even with all the depth they have. You know, it's just one of those things that you, you look at, it, you can have a great team on paper, but sometimes it doesn't necessarily translate to the results you want. And, um, you know, I think that at the end of the season, you know, we were just really happy to to have played at high, at a high level, you know. And, you know, unfortunately, like, it's just how it goes sometimes. You can't get the ball net, that. And, but uh, we had great opportunities, some great memories. You know, and I think that it's not over in 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 that regard. Like I think uh, my seniors, they really, really, really want to end on a historic note. So there, I think that, uh, and I believe that you know we could really try to make a push this postseason. I think that that's where everyone put their, uh, their. You know, that's what after. Conceding league titles, Pinkney won it pretty early in the season. You know, they didn't drop any points. I mean, Coach Gray's the stellar side and they did everything right. And I think that's where the energy shift. And we're now, you know, three days away from from first round districts. And we're locked in and, you know, we're hoping to really try to make a push in the postseason.
0: Yeah, your team, it seems like there's a lot of room to optimism. You said you wish you maybe won some more regular season in conference games, but um, you have some seniors that really sound determined to make a mark, and then uh, some of the most competitive freshmen. You said you have freshmen that played more minutes than, than than anyone else, so it seems like there's a bright future. Do you think your team is on the upswing of form heading into this postseason?
1: Yeah. You know, um, we uh, one of our biggest – hurdles and obstacles we had to overcome was uh, our goalkeeping, you know. So uh, we were really fortunate to find Stefan Rubaguka. Um, Stefan is from Tanzania. So, you know, he, he was a defender and, you know, I, I had never known that he, you know, he also played keeper at times and he uh, stepped right in and he actually embraced the role finds out he ends up loving it. So that's something we found out late in the season. Um so we we're really fortunate for Stefan. Um he's just been stellar back there. And uh kind of solidified the team a little bit because that was one of our biggest hurdles was you know who, you know the challenges was we had a freshman keeper. And then our starting keeper from last year, he got hurt, you know, early on the season and we had a freshman keeper. And there's just a lot of pressure to put on, you know, a, a goalkeeper and then I just you could tell that you know, we're not a team to kinda of point fingers and and uh, blame others, but you can sense that in the locker room is you know, the they're looking we're looking for a solution, you know, a more long term solution. And then it was right underneath our our noses. We we didn't know that Stefan sometimes like I said the language barrier thing, you know, we didn't know he you know, he hadn't communicated to us that he played goalkeeper and he stepped in one game and right away we knew like wow, this is the 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 Solution to all our problems. So, yeah, well, that was one of the biggest additions. And going into the postseason, I think the team feels more confident in that regard, knowing that, that that you know, problem has been solved. And um, I think more or less, like, uh, we kind of struggled. There was a lot of pressure on Mustafa, our senior captain, to uh, score goals, you know. And we've been able to alleviate that. We have a, a German exchange student. Uh, his name is Colmra so philip uh he's a sophomore and he came in um and that was a blessing halfway through the season you know and he he was a field hockey player and and uh coming to America to try something new um I have very little soccer background but I think in germany they play so regularly even in it's you know backyard football or foosball you know they uh he was good enough to slot right in To start 11, and he's been able to help Mustafa in that regard with some really clutch goals. Uh he had two um against Adrian. He had a big one uh against Tecumseh last week. So in those clutch moments when you know the pressure's on, you know, he he can score goals. So that's yeah, absolutely. I think we're on the postseason um flying high. So we're excited.
0: Wow. It seemed, what a, what a roller coaster, uh, of a season. It seems like as far as, uh, an ever changing, uh, roster, you said, uh, some guys, uh, left to work and then, uh, you had an injury to your goalkeeper, but, uh, you also had uh, a surprise, uh, stud goaltender step up, um, that you weren't expecting as well as an exchange student come in. So, uh, quite, quite a ride for, uh, your lineup there at Ypsilanti. And, um, uh moving forward into the postseason, uh, I hope you all the best. And and really, Coach Nick Suarez, thank you so much for all of your time to, to spend with us here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Robert. Thank you again. Yes, all the best moving forward. Take care. Hey, 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 hey.
0: on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. We now turn to the top of the Michigan high school boys uh, soccer as we are at the end of the regular season looking ahead to the uh, playoffs on the road to the state championships. And with me is fourth year Brother Rice head coach, Danny Price. Welcome to Michigan Soccer Central. Welcome back, rather, Coach Price.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on again, Robert. Appreciate it. It's um, I really enjoyed the last one that we did. Um, so uh, thanks for thanks for having me on.
0: Yep, uh, fourth season at the helm of Brother Rice. You uh, just finished your regular season with a record of nine, three, and one. Um, how does uh, this? How do, do, at this vantage point, in between the the regular season and then kind of waiting to see who you draw in the uh playoffs here uh what do you think of your
2: season at this point it's been good um you know i think going into the playoffs last year we were at um you know i think we were 500 i think four four and four i think going into the season last year so i mean you know during the regular season this year we've obviously made some significant improvements so um i don't think we've peaked yet you know I, i don't think we've we've actually seen our best soccer it's been there in moments. Um, But I don't think we've we've actually seen our best soccer at this moment uh, in time in the season. Um, So last year, we we kind of saved everything for the playoffs. But, um, you know, we uh, you know, this year it's it's been it's been positive. You know, it's been good. Um, But, um, yeah, I don't think you've seen the best from us yet.
0: Yeah. Last year you said it was around 500 and then you end up going to become a uh, state championship finalist after a region uh, winning the uh, districts and the regional. So um, I guess I was going to ask about the composition of your team. Do you have a lot of returners from that side?
2: Yeah. So we graduated, um, graduated nine seniors from last year. Um, you know, two, two of those seniors had, you know, quite a big impact on the team. Um, you know, we had a couple of kids that were non-starters. Um, so we were relatively young last year. You know, we had a, you know, a, um, a couple of seniors that that started and most of the, most of the team from there on out was, Junior and sophomore heavy, um, so we were quite young. Um, everybody from that junior class returned this year, um, you know, which was really nice. And then we picked up some really, really, really talented kids that came in on transfers. And um, you know, our freshman class grew exponentially. You know, um, if you look at our um, you know JV team this year, they've they've made some significant improvements as well. So you know, the future for the next four years is is, is going to be really bright.
0: Uh, in your fourth year at Brother Rice, has there been any uh, players that have been with you for four of the years?
2: Yeah, yeah, they have. It's uh, kind of an emotional one this year for me, I think, you know, just um, obviously it's my fourth year. So it's, you know, taking over from Barry Bradsky four years ago. This is kind of like my first kind of four years run with 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 um, four or five players that, that came through that class. So, you know, Henry Allen, our our starting goalkeeper, Joe Brook, Liam Hemming. You know, and several others to name a few that that came through in in that class. Phil Trimnecki, the captain, who was you know instrumental in our run last year and, and scored the um, the winner in the uh, semi state semi final from the penalty spot. You know, he's been with me for four years as well. So um, you know, to see them grow over the last four years coming into this year, and then you know, hopefully making another run at it will be uh, will be really nice.
0: Is that one
2: of the most rewarding
0: parts uh, as being a coach in the, in the youth realm is seeing those incremental improvements and then kind of seeing the, where they were when you first met them and where they are now?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you, you always want to see players grow, um, you know, personally and, and professionally in what they're doing, you know, on the field. Um, you know, it's been it's been great to have, you know, growth um you know for for them as individuals um you know and just watching them go through the the academic cycle as well you know i think we're so you know that the school is so profoundly um um well known for its academics as well as 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 its athletics and you know watching them grow in academia as well you know some of these kids are going to some great schools you know because of what they've done in the classroom not only what they've done on the pitch as well. But, um, but, um, yeah, seeing them grown grown from what boys at 15, you know, to now men at 18 years old, you know, it's, it's been quite a remarkable turnaround and, you know, um, nice to, nice to finally see them off in a way. So kind of at a, a reflective state of
0: this season, um, what were some of the highlights and then, uh, some of the the tougher times of the regular season so far?
2: I think some of the tougher times was, um, you, you know, we we talk about consistency a lot. You know, we talk about consistency and performance, and um, you know, I, I don't th- like I said to you before earlier. I don't think it's kind of come together for us yet in in a in, in a in a grand way. Um, we're still seeing moments in games where we look like the team that you know that everybody expects us to be. You know, we're we're not really a traditional high school team. You know, we're we're, we're quite a very very talented group of players that that move the ball back to front we build from the back and you know make the game look easy on the eye so to speak um, but it's been there in moments so the the difficult part for me as a coach is not to see that consistency um, we just recently played um, Warren De La Salle away um, in our kind of like our uh, cumulative game in the Catholic League um, and it was the first time all season that they've put together an 80 minute performance you know in terms of our principles and style of play which was Really nice to see, you know. Um, difficult moments with the two CC games, you know, during the regular Catholic season. You know, they're a great team with a with, with a great coach, and and obviously they're setting standards in Division One right now. And those are two difficult games because the first one at home was was kind of a, you know, it, it, the second half got away from us. I made some decisions, you know, tactically um, that um, you know that weren't the best decisions to make as a coach. And you always go through those moments where you take a chance and you, you know, you, you make, you make changes thinking you can get back into the game and, and it doesn't go your way. Um, you know, and, and we got opened up, but you know, the, the game away at CC, you know, we were absolutely fantastic. You know, the game plan was, was, um, was, was working to a tee and we actually went one a lot, but you know, some officiating decisions actually changed the course of that dynamic in the game. So it was, um, you know, it was a different one, but, um, no, the positives are, the positives are there. You know, we've, we've seen the moments, you know, um, Early on in the season, U of D away was a was a was a great great performance from us, um, especially in the second half. You know, um, but um, yeah, you know, just little moments have made made things positive for us. You know, little moments of, of, of play. So I'm happy with that.
0: Kind of looking forward to uh, the 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 playoffs here. So I, I understand you're a first round by, and and so. Um, what are some of the teams that you, you might be facing here in, in your first round of uh, participation in the playoffs? Yes,
2: yeah, so we've got a buy this week. Um, so we play um, in the district semifinal next Tuesday um, at five o'clock and we will play the winner of Avondale High School and Waterford Kettering, who are the host um, school for uh, not only districts actually, but for regionals as well, our region. So, you know, it's going to be a familiar place for us, hopefully over the next, you know, two, three weeks. Um, and then the other side of the bracket is um, uh, Cranbrook, Orchard Lane, St Mary's, uh, Pontiac, and Madison Heights-Lamphere. So, you know, all opponents that we we kind of knew and played last year in, in, in districts. You know, so we you know we know them quite well. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll end up playing the winner of um, Avondale and, and Waterford-Carrying. Obviously,
0: you you referenced the uh, the Catholic Central and how they're they're really leading the way and setting the standard. Have there been any teams that have been a surprise in the Catholic League?
2: Um, it's, you know, it's <laughs> it's such a it's such a difficult league. Um, you know, I, I you know, obviously, I'm quite new to to high school soccer in, in the sense that you know I've only been in it for four years. But you know, Kevin to it, and you know Thaya Mukhtar and Jean have been in it. You know, for for a lot longer than I have. Um, and I, I you know, I've always said that. You know, the Catholic League is the hardest league conference to play in across the state. It's 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 um, it's not only bruising on the players, but it's also very emotional because you want to beat your Catholic rivals, you know. Um, so it's it's quite a difficult league to play in. Um, I, I wouldn't say. Um, I wouldn't say surprised, um, probably the norm more than anything else, you know, very, very taxing games. Um, the style of play from our opponents has not really changed. Um, I was quite surprised, um, uh, you know, obviously Catholic Central, they graduated quite a lot of boys last year. Um, I wasn't sure of the quality that they would have left over, you know, this year, but, you know, with Kyle coming back and, and Ali Jaffa, you know, they're just great players to play against. So, you know, they were, they were positive and, you know, when they're on, they're on, they're, they're just difficult to stop. So, um, you know, that, that was surprising, especially in the first game, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, no, just, I mean normal for the most part you know i uh, forgive my
0: naivete with how the uh the the playoff structure works but is there a possibility of you uh, or at what stage if 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 things go your way in these opening rounds is it possible to have a, a another clash with uh, catholic central
2: no because catholic central division one we're division two um and, um, we are, we potentially on a collision course with Warren De La Salle again. Um, if you, if you look into the later rounds, especially when you get to regionals, um, we've, we've both have we both have a buy in our district, um, and then they will meet, uh, in the semifinals with their other opponents. So they've got two more games to get through before the regional semifinal. Um, but we, we will potentially meet in the semifinal if we both win our district. Um, so that's a, it's a clash again, you know, um, a little bit of emotion but um you, you know where uh, you know you just you, you look at you look at the way that you performed last year in the playoffs and I think one of the things that um that our guys can rely on a lot is experience you know um they've been in big games you know this group of players have been in big catholic League games now for four years um they were in big district games big regional finals last year in a state final where you know they narrowly got beat 2-1 by Grand Rapids Christian and, and were absolutely phenomenal in the second half and really should have got back on terms in that final, you know? Um, so they've got a lot of experience. They can deal with these types of games um, now. And if the playoffs are anything to go by, it's where we where we thrive the most. You know, I think if you ask any high school athletic soccer player or any high school player that's playing any sports under the lights in the cold in October, November, it's it's the best time, best time to play. So our, our lads generally uh, show up and, and and play for those games. So I'm looking forward to that. So if things go the right way, how many playoff games will you have to win to get to that uh, state final? So we'll have the district semifinal and final, and then the regional semifinal and final and the state semi. So five games to get, you know, five more games of the season to get to the to the state final on November 5th. Um, you know, so, you know, we're, we're ready. You know, I think we're ready. You know, we're actually in a really good point at this moment in time. Um, you know, with the fact that we've had that bye week, you um, you know, and and we've got a little bit of time off. You know, we ended the season with unfortunately one uh, season-ending injury to an ACL tear, um, Jackson Yankel which was which was a blow. Um, such a great kid, um, wonderful family, um, and he's actually going to play at Northwood University next year. So I'm hoping that you know after his surgery, surgery this week that he can get himself fit and able to to play next year because he's a, a credit to to his mom and dad and, and a credit to himself and how hard he works. Um, but other than that, we're pretty, um, you know, we're pretty set. You know, we don't have any major injuries. So, um, you know, we've, we've, we've got a lot of returning guys. So hopefully we're, we're at full strength going into districts.
0: With the way that the, the season is structured, with there's largely like two two games a week and, uh, you know, there's one game and then you'll have another game in a couple of days. And here you have uh, a, a bye week, which is probably one of the longest layoffs you've had since the season started at the mm-hmm. – end of august so kind of how do you balance training uh in this in this time where you have a an extended
2: break in the context of the high school season try and replace everything you know i think you know, you're know used to two games a week so you know we, we gave them a little bit of time off last week and they're coming in this week to do some fitness work and you know and keep the the clock ticking over so to speak but you know you try and replace it so you know fortunately we've got a large enough you know roster where we can have intra intra varsity scrimmages so that we can replace a game you know so we can have an 80 minute game ourselves on the tuesday and thursday of that week and kind of replace it so it's you know they're still keeping their game fitness as well as their overall fitness but you know it's just you know it's just tweaking things at this point i mean we're not really going to do anything new to you know you know we we are who we are um we have a good style of play we have a a good system um it's just fine-tuning some details really to be honest with you it's not you know there's not a lot of change it's just fine-tuning the set pieces, fine-tuning the way that we play, a little bit more consistency in front of goal. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where we go from there. But, you know, it's it's business as usual. We'll be ready for next Tuesday.
0: Um, Kind of more of a, a personal coaching question. You said that uh, uh, you're somewhat new uh, fourth year in the high school coaching world, but you're an experienced coach otherwise. How does uh, coaching a high school team uh, different from uh, the club stuff you've done previously?
2: It's different because you see them every day, you know, um, you're with them every day for three months, pretty much, you know, um, six days a week. You know, it's usually the, the typical norm for us, you know, Monday through Saturday with obviously the uh, Sundays for, with us being a Catholic school is off for church and a holy day. But, you know, um, just the day to day management of the players, you know, you, you really putting together a schedule of uh, periodization of when they can actually train and what day is a game day and what day is a recovery day. You know that type of stuff. So there's just a lot more details that that go into it when you when you've got a group of players for six days a week. You know, it's almost like a college schedule in a way. You know, um, really to be honest with you. So you know, um, but it's good. You get to know the players on a deeper level working with them six days a week. Habits, training habits. You know, um, moods, performances, all that type of stuff. So you tend to get quite close to them, and you know, you're delving more into the personal details of helping them through school and. You know academia and all that sort of stuff um whereas with club you know you're only seeing them two or three days a week um but the quality is just absolutely fantastic at club you know it's it's great you know um so you know you kind of get the best of both worlds really being a, a high school coach and a club coach
0: and so do you are you doing that both at the same time now currently
2: yeah, I'm I'm working uh, continuing to work with Liverpool. Um, you know, as director of operations and um and I'm coaching uh, two of our ECNL girls teams as well as uh, one of our pre ecnl girls teams. So a little bit different, you know, going from high school boys into in, in into the female realm at the ECNL level, but um our ECNL program is thriving right now and you know, it's headed up by Demir Mutvari and and Andy Wagstaff Maris Lupnick, who are just wonderful coaches and great mentors to me. So um, you know, we are, we're doing very well in, in, in that, um, landscape at this moment in time, our ECNL program is thriving. So it's very, very enjoyable, um, to go from high school training at, you know, three o'clock to four thirty, and then jump into club. I kind of get the best of both worlds in the game that I love. It doesn't really feel like a job. It's, it's more of a, I get paid to do a hobby, you know? So it's, it's, it's wonderful, you know?
0: Well, coach Denny Price, uh, with that, uh, jam packed schedule of, uh, coaching uh teams uh left and right uh as far as uh brother rice uh l- good luck and all the best to you um as you proceed into the 2022 uh michigan high school state playoffs
2: Yep. thanks robert appreciate it um hopefully we're uh lifting a, a trophy so you can post it on your instagram pages <laughs> sure thing thank you so much all right thanks robert take care
0: Almost through with this episode of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you for tuning all the way through, listener. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to my guest, Danny Price, and Coach Nick Suarez, a couple of excellent high school coaches and very different programs, but both excellent stories. Really enjoyed those. And thank you to all the guests that have joined me here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. We've got a handful of episodes on the YouTube channel And uh, compared to the other platforms, not so followed is Michigan Soccer Central. So be sure to follow and subscribe to the Michigan Soccer Central YouTube channel. And then uh, go back through the last 70 episodes or so. There's a little bit of everything, interviews with players, coaches, media members, uh, administrators, and owners. So uh, go back through the Spotify audio playlist. All of our episodes are up there. So, a uh, big week ahead, and I hope all the best for all of the teams. And uh, thank you to Jenny Hajinaki for editing the program, as always. Uh, thank you to the Michigan Soccer Central core team for uh, helping me put all this together and making MSC what it is. And I got a busy weekend ahead myself, in addition to all my youth soccer duties. I'm also going to be on commentary for the Michigan State Cup. The uh, uh, the finals are happening this weekend at the Legacy Center out there in Brighton. So hopefully my voice will still be intact come this time next week. So I'm very excited to do that. Um, but whichever way uh, your soccer interests take you, until next time, everybody, please. Enjoy your soccer.